This is Real Estate News with Kathy Fedke. A Senate hearing on recent bank failures turned into a prickly confrontation between bank executives and lawmakers. Former leadership for Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, and First Republic were hammered by lawmakers about why their banks collapsed. And there wasn't a lot of agreement on the cause. Bank executives blamed the government and the media, while lawmakers blamed mismanagement and greed. I'm Kathy Fetke, and this is Real Estate News for Investors. Silicon Valley Bank made the biggest splash as the first bank to fall, with about $210 billion in assets. Signature Bank had about $110 billion when it was seized by regulators. They were the third and fourth largest banks in the U.S., so their failures raised huge concerns about the impact on the entire financial system. First Republic went south and teetered for a few months after it lost billions in deposits and was largely taken over by J.P. Morgan. In a joint session before the Senate Banking Committee, former Silicon Valley Bank CEO Greg Becker pointed a finger at the federal government, saying the bank's failure was the result of a series of unprecedented events. He testified that with near 0% interest rates and the largest government-sponsored economic stimulus in history, more than $5 trillion in new deposits flooded into commercial banks. By the end of 2020, SBV had grown 63% over the prior year. And in 2021, SVB's assets grew another 83% to $212 billion. He also pointed out that during the pandemic, when inflation started to become an issue, the Federal Reserve insisted that inflation was transitory and that interest rates would remain low. The bank's collapse largely happened after a decision to invest more than half of the bank's loan portfolio into fixed-income treasury securities when interest rates were low. They're considered low-risk, but they are also impacted by interest rate hikes. When interest rates blew up to fight inflation, the value of SVB's portfolio shrank, and that forced the bank to sell at a $2 billion loss. When news spread about the bank's situation, depositors became concerned about accessing their funds, and the bank experienced a massive bank run. Becker also blamed the media for comparing the March 8th failure of Silvergate Bank to Silicon Valley Bank. He told lawmakers that the two banks had completely different business models and said, quote, rumors and misconceptions quickly spread online, culminating on March 9th, with the first-ever social media bank run leading to a more than $42 billion in deposits being withdrawn from SVB in 10 hours, or $1 million every second, unquote. Former Signature Bank chairman Scott Shea was miffed that his bank was seized by New York state regulators on March 12th. He insisted that the bank would have survived that bank run. He argued, we were at all times solvent and well-capitalized, and even with the sale of our available for-sale securities, we still would have remained well-capitalized. Former First Republic CEO Mike Roffler also blamed social media and news stories for inciting panic among depositors along with technology that allows for fast-paced digital withdrawals. Roffler told lawmakers, the contagion spread quickly and panic is very hard to control. But lawmakers also took the conversation in a different direction criticizing bank leaders for millions of dollars in bonuses and personal stock sales ahead of the failures. Senator Sherrod Brown ripped into Becker saying, Workers face consequences, 
executives ride off into the sunset. Only in corporate boardrooms can you run your business into the ground, take the whole economy along with you, and still come out ahead. We cannot let that happen again. Some lawmakers said that bank executives could have reduced the risk by hedging their portfolios, but that they instead placed profits ahead of safety. As explained in a Washington Post article, Silicon Valley Bank has financed short-term liabilities with long-term debt. It seemed like a no-brainer when interest rates were low, and to be fair, there was a lot of talk about interest rates remaining low for a very long time. But when the Fed started hiking rates, the value of those treasuries went down. Lawmakers say the bank could have swapped those longer-term notes for one with shorter terms that matched the duration of the bank's liabilities. But they say the banks didn't do that because it would have been more expensive. The session became downright nasty at times. Senator John Kenney of Louisiana had sharp words for what he called SVB's stupidity. He told Becker, You made a really stupid bet that went bad, didn't you? And the taxpayers of America had to pick up the tab for your stupidity, didn't they? He continued saying, No, this wasn't unprecedented. This was bone deep, down to the marrow stupid. You put all your eggs in one basket, and unless you lived on the International Space Station, you could see that interest rates were rising and that you were not hedged. Well, let's hope we've seen the last of this banking madness. You can read more about it by following links in the show notes at newsforinvestors.com. And one takeaway from all of this, it seems that the Fed will continue to print money to cover all of these losses. And printing more money often leads to more inflation. And real estate is a proven hedge against inflation. I always encourage listeners to hedge their own financial empire with real estate. You can learn how to invest in rental properties at realwealth.com. You can become a member for free, and at that point, you'll get access to all of our free educational material, hundreds of webinars on how to get tax savings, solid lending for investors, referrals to property managers that come highly recommended by our 70,000 members, along with property teams who are able to find great deals renovate them into rent-ready rental properties with property management in place. Again, you can just go to newsforinvestors.com and hitting the join for free button. I'm Kathy Fetke. Thanks so much for joining me here on Real Estate News for Investors. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are provided for informational purposes only and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any securities or to make or consider any investment or course of action. For more information, go to newsforinvestors.com.